Welcome to Providence Cares, a podcast about overcoming obstacles and finding hope. We're sharing stories of compassion, justice, and our mission to provide health for a better world. Well, hello and welcome to our broadcast. I'm your host, uh, Syl Tripeny, Senior Vice President and System Chief Nursing Officer at Providence. As a reminder, the information provided during this podcast is for information purposes only. If you have any medical questions, please reach out to your primary care or healthcare professional. And welcome to Nursing Unfiltered. Uh, during, uh, during this session today, I'm really excited. Uh, joining me is Melissa Hansen. Melissa, an ICU nurse at Providence uh, St. Joseph Medical Center in Burbank. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for uh, spending 30 minutes uh, of, your, of your day with us today. I, I've, been, I've been so looking forward to our time, uh, our time together. So uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to it as well. Awesome. Well, how about you, uh, you share with us a little bit about yourself. So who is Melissa? How long have you been a nurse? Uh, where do you practice exactly? And, and, and maybe, maybe we've in there. So how did you get into nursing to begin with? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I mean, I've always been interested in medicine and biology since I started school. Um, and initially, I was in research. I studied uh, protein structure, um, and I was in a lab, and I thought I was going to change the world through research, and then quickly discovered that it's a very long, mundane process, <laughs> and you're not going to be winning any Nobel Prizes quickly. So I transitioned and I decided I needed something with more immediate satisfaction, something with real reward at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I went into nursing and I am so thankful and so glad. Um, it's a wonderful career, a great profession, and I couldn't think of doing anything else. Awesome. You know, maybe you could share with us. Uh, I mean, that transition wasn't that long ago. And no. so I mean, and you changed career. So what was that? I think you had said it was like 2017-ish or so that mm -hmm. you transitioned. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just out of my first undergrad, I went and I worked in research and I was there for a few years and then got into nursing school fairly seamlessly, um, which is not the road many travel. So mm -hmm. I'm very grateful. Um, and then I graduated in 2017, uh, got hired on my clinical site, which was Providence St. Joe's in Burbank. I started out there in 2017 working oncology med search. Um, and luckily through Providence there, they have a transition into practice program where I was able to transition over into critical care. And I've been in ICU since 2019. So, you know, Melissa, because you've transitioned, uh, it probably feels like 10 years by now because you've been through so much in the last two years. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and um, so it's been five years, right? So you've been a nurse for five years. Yeah. Um, transition, I mean, it's fair, fairly, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's that long ago compared to compared to me. I guess it's, uh, it looks, it feels like it's, it was like yesterday for you. I'm, I'm very green in the profession. <laughs> I wonder... I wonder if you could share with us. So you went into so you went to nursing school. You went into nursing with a uh, with uh, 
some thoughts about what it would be, what it could be, what it was going to be, and and here you are. What you know? Any any big surprises? Any big? I mean, COVID is is a big surprise <laughs> by itself. So we'll try to forget that just for a quick second, mm-hmm. and then we'll get to it. But when you think about what you were expecting, what are what are the big surprises? What are uh, or is it better than you thought? What are the similarities? What are the discrepancies? What are how, how are you seeing all that? I think with any profession, uh, the reality does not meet the education. Mm-hmm. You learn more on the job than you ever could in a textbook. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most surprising thing is, at least for me, the emotional connection you have with your patients. I think was mm. surprising. I. I knew I would get attached, but sometimes it you get more attached than you ever thought of. And it mm. creates more very rewarding and, and meaningful experience, hopefully for both me and my patient. Um, mm-hmm. I, hope I, I hope that connection uh, yields to better outcomes, essentially. Yeah, you know, that's really that's really profound. That's really special. Um, Tell us more about that. How, how, how do you go? How do you go about developing that relationship with your patients? What's, what's Melissa's special ingredient? Um, well, I hope it's not just me as a special ingredient. I hope all mm-hmm. nursing can form these connections. And, and mm-hmm. we mo- most of us do. Of course, we all have our bad days and those connections aren't easily made. Um, but I think my bread and butter is transparency. I am always about giving my patient or their family member all the information. I don't sugarcoat anything. I say it like it is. And I try and explain things in a way that they can understand. And having them grasp the concepts uh, is is my favorite. (laughs) Um, I think it gets everybody calm. You know, it's, it's really setting expectations and allowing for acceptance of this very traumatic or vulnerable time in, in people's lives. So I think for me, it's just really being candid. It'd be the special ingredient. You know, because you had a, a, a career prior to that as a, as, as a bench, you know, researcher, mm-hmm. what, what, uh, what would you say if you think about what you you know what you did before and and because you, you know you came into nursing with the with a very unique background uh, a special background anything in particular that in that work that had prepared you better to meet the needs of being a nurse that you, that comes to mind? Um, I think. Perhaps just the value in research. I think I have a lot more gratitude to where it's going to sound a little strange, but a gratitude towards the medication itself. Um, I know that research and development is a strenuous process. Uh I was part of it. And Uh I think I have a little bit more of that gratitude for it. Um, I'm not willing to overuse or, you know, take advantage of any of those things. Um, but no, the reality of nursing is fast paced, lots of different interactions with a lot of different personalities. 
which when you're working in a lab, you are pretty solo and you interact with bacteria. So you're not really getting a whole lot of dialogue there. Um, <laughs> let's, ho let's hope not, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Um, I think, uh, to be honest, I also worked in the hospitality industry. I was a server in a restaurant for quite some time. And I okay. think there's more of a link there than there is actually between the two science okay. structures. So it's, okay. it's a personal job. It, it uh -huh. deals with humans and people and uh -huh. the interaction. So there's definitely more similarity in hospitality than there is in research, at least from my perspective. <clears throat> Well, I can I, I can uh, I can appreciate that absolutely, uh, having been uh, having been in that industry as well uh, as uh, paying to go through nursing school, being in that that industry as well. So so I can relate. Maybe one of those days we can compare stories <laughs> of our years in the uh, in that industry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's uh, a, a we can't even think about having this conversation today and without talking about today's environment and uh, and how the last two years I have a, I have a colleague at work who, who keeps on saying that the last two years have been a she call it she calls it a special kind of hell and uh, I think it's I think it's a good uh, it's it's a good descriptor uh, for it it's definitely uh, been uh, something that something that you and I did not anticipate you know to a certain extent, we're uh, we're prepared from a knowledge base uh, perspective to uh, to address the situation, but living them and living them as long as we have is a whole different uh, a whole different ball game. So what's it like right now, right? So it's January twenty eighth. It's twenty twenty two. It's it's a complete full two years mm -hmm. uh, into this mess. Mm -hmm. So what's it like for the Melissa's of the world who are practicing in ICU settings today? Um, it's difficult. It's extremely frustrating. Um, I think we have gone through the battle and now we're battling again. You know, with these recent surges, it all feels all too familiar. Um, and with that being said, lack of resources, being severely short-staffed, going out of mm. ratio, these problems are reoccurring and the frustration yeah. I think this time around is mm -hmm. we've already had this. Why is it happening again? Yeah. There should be processes in place to help us yeah. with these shortages. And it just, yeah. I think we're all wearing it. I think uh, at least the sentiment I have and uh, I've heard from others too, is that just because we can rise to the occasion and we can be resilient doesn't mean we should all the time. Yeah, there should be some some care behind us. Yeah. Um, it often feels now the environment is that nurses are numbers. Um, mm. It seems there's a lot of fresh faces on my unit. Mm. There's a lot of travelers. There's a lot of yeah. um, just a lot of transition, um, both in our leadership and as the bedside nurses as our team. There's a lot of transitions. Yeah. Um, and like I said, there's a lot of frustration. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of grief, um, a lot of things coming to the surface that we battled, yeah. we went through, and now we're doing it again. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that it's round two. Yeah. 
where the same challenges are here when it feels like they shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so darn complicated. uh, Right. And it's, Mm -hmm. uh, and and I don't know how much uh, everyone realizes this, but I, I, so I find myself in conversations with, uh, you know, with nurses like you who are, you know, touching the patients every day. I find myself in conversations with leaders who are supporting nurses like you and Mm -hmm. other executives and, 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 and no matter where where I am, you know, virtually uh, in the in the states, uh, you know, interacting, is that no matter which audience, everyone feels the same frustration, yeah. uh, and uh, and I find that really fascinating. It's uh, it's like there's so much that is out of our control, and I think that that's really the the hardest part uh, right. that that's that's kind of how I see it I, I I don't know what what do you think about that I think you hit the nail on the head that's the mm-hmm. whole crux of our whole problem here uh there's honestly it could be a beautiful thing um using all of this creates mm-hmm. a foundation where you know nurses can come and we can be a force to be reckoned with, to be honest. Um, We will highlight these challenges because a lot of this or a lot of the issues that we face that have been exposed through the limelight of pandemic is how we've been treated, um, both by patients and their family members and society. Uh, Mm. I think now is a stand-up point. Uh, We have worked really, really hard so it's almost a time now where our hard work needs to be showed. You know, yeah. we, there's a lot that we can do. There's a lot of change that can happen. It almost feels mm-hmm. like um, just like rumblings. And I hate to use this term, but almost a revolution for nurses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that there is a lot that we can change. It's just we need to unify our voices and actually get the things that we need and get them done. Um, uh, One thing I was just talking about was just nationwide, I think I've been very spoiled as a California nurse. We have safe patient ratios, which is great when they work. Um, And discussing this with travelers that have come in from all over the country, it's not the same everywhere else. And it's horrifying. Uh, I cannot imagine that their daily life is my worst day. Right. Mm. So I think one of the biggest things that I'm seeing is having that transition where we can affect legislature, we can affect policy change for the better. And I think in this era, I think one of the biggest challenges now that really gets under my skin and is super heartbreaking is the fact that healthcare or health or public health, however you want to phrase it has been so politicized and torn apart and one side versus another when health is not like that. You know, our family members, our friends, if they're vulnerable, if they're sick or they're injured, it is not political. You take care of them and you treat them with respect. And I think with all this controversy over science and over even just a mask mandate, 
that controversy alone, it's heartbreaking because I'm on the other end where COVID yeah. is very real. It exists. Yeah. It's devastating. Yeah. And now there's this picture being painted where healthcare workers are being, you know, we're not as trusted. And that's because there's so many different forces that are coming in chit-chatting and, and kind of belittling our, our practice in a sense. So I think for me, I, I, it breaks my heart. That is not, we all signed up. We all took an oath to do good. Mm -hmm. So to have someone or to have a patient family member, you know, question that is a gut wrenching. It's a, it's just a killer. You know, it's fascinating. I was, I, uh, there, you've said a lot in the last two minutes. We Sorry. could unpack this for, no, no. What I mean by that is that we could unpack this for a really, a really long time. But one thing I want to, I want to highlight um, you know, you talked about how somehow, somewhere, this disease got politicized, uh, and uh, and then all the interventions that went with it, and then it just like went south, and we've never somehow been able to get out of that that hole. Right. And and what I want to add to this is uh, is also the fact that somehow, somewhere, all of those talking heads uh, have all obtained. I don't know where they all obtained their medical degree and their degrees in infection control practices, but yeah. somehow the entire general public uh, is so knowledgeable <laughs> about right. you know, what's the best practices is, I, I just find that fascinating. I am all for knowledge and I'm all for you know, uh, spreading knowledge. And sometimes it's important to differentiate between an opinion and science. And, and that's been hard to decipher, right? Yes, in fact, I mean, I will be on, I have to turn off the news. I, anything COVID related, I go through my personal experience. What have I seen in our treatments that work versus don't work? What do I know based off of my real hands-on experience? Mm -hmm. It gets really frustrating when you see media outlets or news stories or Facebook articles from who knows where that are challenging things that are not real. Mm -hmm. I think that definitely comes into play when you are discussing issues with family members of COVID patients that truly do not understand the disease process and they are going off of only hearsay. It gets that those conversations, I promise you, I'm not the only one that wants to turn that phone off. It is not, it doesn't add for any help in any situation. Uh, that's that's yeah. part, of the, part of the problem is, you know, these things shouldn't be so uh, manipulated. Yeah, yeah, or I hear you. I hear you. You know, and yet, uh, and, and yet, uh, you know, you and I have had a chance to, um, we spent a little bit of time together. It was back in the fall where uh, you uh, had a chance to, uh, to attend a really important uh, conference uh, to support the practice uh, of nursing and where we at Providence really, uh, we're, we're, we're dedicated a lot of efforts and energy around that, which is the magnet designation. And it was, it was great to connect with you at that time. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and you and many others, you know, and thank, thankfully, so uh, 
are showing up every day with the courage and, uh, and, and the excitement and the passion, uh, right? The passion to, to do what you do best. So help me, help me understand what, so what motivates you? You know, amidst all the craziness that we just, that we just described at the end of the day, uh, you know, there's something that motivates you uh, in, 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 in practicing nursing every day today. So what, what's, what's that it for you? My motivation is my patience. Mm. It, it's very simple. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've been asked this before, you know, how do you keep working the hours you work? And I will admit the first surge, it was very robotic. I, I, I think I blacked out that entire time. Um, I had a very routine. You went in, you worked between 12 to 16 hours, six days a week. And you just, you, you, you tried to save people. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, were incurable. Um, and so then you transition, you, you work really hard and then you try and work really hard to preserve dignity in someone's last day. So it's the patient. Yeah. It's that simple and yet not that simple. Uh, and, and it's, it's, yeah, I, I almost want to say it's magical, but that's not the right word. I'm not quite sure I can find the right word. Um, it's, uh, I, I find it inspirational, I guess is what I want to say, to hear you say that in the midst of, you know, of all of this, that, you know, at the heart of, at the heart of it, one of the reasons why many of us have gone into this profession is for the people, to care for the people. Mm -hmm. And as hard as it is, as hard as, and, and as much noise and stuff that we have that we can't control that's around us, mm -hmm. that's still our true north, no matter what. Yep. Yep. Good. It gets Good hard. Good there are so many challenges, but there's also nothing better. Then, and honestly, and I see patients that are probably in their most critical condition, um, but to be able to care for somebody that's, I mean, not to be dramatic, but also be dramatic is patients basically on the brink of death, right? Yeah. You, you miss one medication titration or you miss one off moment in your gut and it's no longer, they don't have a chance anymore. But when you get to take care of somebody that makes a full complete turnaround, there is yeah. nothing like it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like a, uh, like a euphoric feeling almost where why you went into medicine, that difference that you want to make it, it comes to fruition. It's, it's that experience. It's that moment where you, I mean, not just me personally, but a healthcare team you were a part of, you know, you made it happen. You brought somebody back and now they get to continue living their lives and enjoy beautiful moments with their, their loved ones. So you know, in what it, in, um, in what ways, you know, I, I, as I'm, as I'm hearing you talk, I'm, I'm, um, 
I'm thinking about the team that surrounds you, uh, you know, your, your fellow nurses that, you know, that come in day in and day out, you know, in what ways uh, do you find that you can best support each other uh, today? How, how, how does that look like? And um, or are there others uh, out there that, that you feel, uh, you know, can, can best support nurses? Um, we support each other with probably the dark humor, to be honest. Okay. okay. Uh, you kind of just have to bite through it. There are a lot of challenging, a lot of depressing, a lot of emotional strains. I think we all have gone a little mental. Um, and the only way you stick together is you figure out some kind of humor in it. Um, there are certain things that I think have built camaraderie. I, I think nurses across the board, I mean, internationally, nationally, within the same hospital, I don't care what kind of nurse you were. If you were during the pandemic, I feel you. That's it. There's this certain unspoken connection that you just have. It's a shared experience that even if you weren't in the same place at the same time, you know what it was about. Um, there was a, it was a loud and quiet chaos at the same time over these past two years. Um, there was a lot of struggles over small things, big things. Um, but I think that camaraderie, that, that helpful, you know, the nurse sitting next to you, that's like right there helping you in a code or, you know, you're helping out your respiratory techs, you're, I mean, and the healthcare team is so much more than just nurses and doctors. It's your respiratory therapist. It's your nursing assistants. It's, you know, even our environmental cleaning the rooms, making sure that they're sanitary for the next person. There's a lot that goes into it that has been strained and all sharing the awareness of that strain and being able to help out when you can, where you can, and how you can has really shaped a bond that is, is, is quite amazing. Is there a, um, have you noticed, have you seen uh, anything changing in how, how you all interact with each other as, uh, as nurses? Uh, you know, I think back, uh, I think back through time, we've exchanged and introduced all of, you know, different practices so that we can better connect, you know, as a team. Is there anything that's emerging right now that, from your perspective, that would say, you know what, we started doing this thing, whatever that is, so that we can connect and, and, and that's really worked very well for us and we need to keep on doing that? Or is there anything in our practice that, you know, from an from a interconnectedness perspective that has changed or emerged? Anything comes to mind? And, and, I, and I don't know, I, I'm just like, all of a sudden, I'm just thinking something may have. I don't think anything's changed. I think it's been okay. there. But I think now there is some confidence in nursing. I think okay. our backbone has gotten a little stronger. I think we okay. walk a little taller. Okay. And I think that we are able to come together for to to kind of represent ourselves almost. Um I think a lot of things that were okay before 
that we kind of got by with. We're fine. You know, we are resilient. We're resourceful and flexible every day, every shift, every hour. However, sometimes enough is enough. And I think we've come to that point. And I think that connectedness is just a little bit more poignant. There's a purpose now. I think nurses are, we always, you know, we're going to chit chat. We're going to, with any profession, you're going to talk about, ah, this really blows, or you're going to have those moments of connection based on being in the trenches together. Uh, But I think now is the turnaround point where we've been in the trenches. We're ready to go into the trenches round two, or we're finishing round two, or we're in the middle of round two. (laughs) Let's hope we're at the end of it or or, or on the other side of the curve. Are we? I mean, it, it, who knows? I just heard there's another sub variant. Somebody, I have no idea, but it will be with us. That that probably came on Facebook, you know, (laughs) Not that not that I'm disparaging that no. social media of sort. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. So I think COVID's going to be with us endlessly. It's not going away. It's going to be with us forever. Yeah. Um, we're part of that generation or that historic moment that was the the uh, tipping point. Um, but like I oh, said yeah. before, is here we go. Um, get ready to yeah. see a whole lot of change and hopefully yeah. in the right direction. Yeah. You know, I'm going to uh, I'm going to close us off with the theme that you just that you uh, I, I've seen a theme threading through many of your comments. You know, you've talked about, uh, you know, our moment uh, as a profession to, uh, you know, to show up. It's very clear. Uh, there's more clarity around the value proposition, uh, if you will, uh, of nursing. Yeah. I think that we're rallying around um, how to um, how to properly um demonstrate uh, that value proposition and and how quite frankly the whole healthcare system is definitely uh, re- relies on uh, on our practice and that's been a very that's probably the most important pivotal point uh, in all of this where we can all say that and, and I certainly appreciate and respect uh, the, uh, our ability to you know to show up as as one voice one team uh, you know together from a practice perspective uh, in in respecting uh, in respecting the practice for for what it is and its value proposition and and how to best uh, uh, how, how to best show up so I, I I can't thank you enough for the time that we've spent uh, together today thank you thank you thank you thank you thanks for everything that you do every day. I'm uh, I'm forever grateful. Uh, our patients are uh, so much better off because of you, and uh, and that's very uh, it's uh, it's you're, you're doing an amazing job. Thanks for the conversation today. Absolutely. And thank you, and thank you everyone. Thank you for listening and sending in your questions. And to learn more about our initiatives, our programs, our services, and ways to give, uh, please visit providence.org. And also make sure that you follow us on social media under Providence on Twitter and at Providence Health System on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you so much and have a great day, everybody.